0: Hello, sweet friends. Welcome back to another episode of Still Positive. I'm your host, Dana Marie, and today is a new day. The media's been getting me down, folks. It's been a challenging <sighs> so long, and uh, I saw this post about a girl at a breast cancer clinic that got harassed outside of it because you have to wear a mask inside the cancer hospital and folks you'll all agree with this that's the right thing to do but there was a rally going on outside for not wearing a mask in or outside of a hospital because it's their choice I mean it's hard for me to wrap my head around the stupidity of people but here with a still positive fan you know it's fucked up so i just you know it's just one of those days where you feel like people are always going to choose negativity and aggression and resistance to prove their worth in some way and it's sad because everyone sees straight through that it's a toughie I hope that everyone's staying safe here I hope that everyone is feeling as best as they can and while there are idiots among us I think that we know what it's like to be surrounded by people that don't understand or don't care about your condition. So just keep staying with the people that do. And if they don't respect your boundaries, they don't deserve to be in your life. So sorry for the somber note, but I feel like, you know, It's just real. It's some real shit, and we all go through some real shit on here. So I wanted to bring it up, but I also wanted to introduce our guest today. Joanna introduced herself to me online, and through our conversation, she was talking about how she hadn't seen anyone on Still Positive who has been diagnosed with POTS. And it's true, and we get into it a little bit. But POTS is, um, for me, something that I found out through social media, and I sort of connected to some of the symptoms. So it was really interesting to talk to someone who has been diagnosed with it, and the severity of it, and where it can go from the first time you feel a symptom to diagnosis, and if you even find a diagnosis. So. Definitely a grid listen, Uh, listen into to Joanna living her life with POTS, thanks so much. Let's be real. People love to gloss over chronic conditions or disabilities with a fleeting comment, like just be positive or a fleeting insult, like kale will cure you. This is a podcast for when you face a different reality, knowing that positivity isn't a magic wand that's gonna cure everything but a flashlight in the dark that we may or may not have batteries to. Living with a chronic illness or disability makes you feel different, and your difference could be noticeable to others or not, but either can sometimes make you feel invisible. I'm here to tell you that your experience is valid and shared by others in the dark. Positivity is not the missing puzzle piece that's going to solve your life's puzzle, but it can be a beautiful tool that can help you grow and sharing those experiences can make us grow together. So, yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So, Joanna, tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about what types of chronic illnesses that you have.
1: Um, so we're still like trying to figure out. Well, I do know that I have a uh, pot syndrome, um, and I have a mitochondrial mitochondrial defect. Sorry, uh, English is my second language, so sometimes I might pronounce things a bit different that you know what I mean right
0: <laughs> yeah that's okay
1: <laughs> um so we know but we're not like 100 sure what is causing it but we're, I'm still in the phase that I'm like finding out what is causing it um I I did have some uh differing uh auto Im- autoimmune values mm. but we're still looking into what is actually causing it wow. uh, so yeah I I think I've been sick for two years now something like that Mm -hmm. Um, and it actually took quite a while because um, as a healthy looking young woman going into a doctor's office you know um, there's a lot of stigma definitely definitely and I, I really noticed that when I Went to see a doctor for the first time. They did a few tests and they were like, "Yeah, you're fine. There's nothing mm-hmm. going on." Like, you know. And I, th- I think a lot of people that have like invisible illness struggle with that. Uh, they, they, they go see a doctor and they find that um, there's like a certain prejudice, sort mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but in the end, it took about uh, two years to get like the proper diagnosis, but I wow. have it now. Wow. So, yeah.
0: And yeah, it's definitely. mostly the parts that you got um, diagnosed, clearly, at least.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the mitochondrial effect. So the way it uh, kind of affects me is mostly, I actually took some notes because I have very bad brain fog. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. Um, I wrote them down. Um, it's mostly like I have very severe fatigue. Um, mm-hmm. but I also have, and I think that's like the biggest thing of it. Um, I have, uh, exertion and exercise intolerance. And when you tell people you have exercise intolerance, they think like, oh, you're like unable to exercise. Right. But it's also, i have to plan when to brush my teeth basically
0: <laughs> so, yes. stuff
1: like that um and i have to be like very careful to not waste too much energy and stay within like certain uh energy limits and uh yeah
0: wow yeah so and that's all from the pots that you've discovered so far Yeah, yeah. Wow. And what does POTS actually stand for? Like, what's the the terminology for that?
1: Okay, so that's a tricky one. I'm going to try to pronounce it (laughs) right in English, but it's uh, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome.
0: Tachycardia syndrome, yeah.
1: So what it actually means, and I think that's also how they diagnose it most of the times, is that... When you stand up, you have a, a, a high a, a rise in heart rates um, and um, it, it, it causes you to feel like very lightheaded and mm-hmm. very um, like postural changes uh, cause you a lot of effort. Mm. So, yeah, that's what it stands for, basically.
0: So when you stand up from a sitting or a laying down position, you feel like lightheaded and like foggy and sort of like you're gonna pass out almost.
1: Yeah, true, true. I, I had like um, a lot of like uh, fainting spells happening and I think they actually already started when I was like, I'm 25 now. And I think they already started when I was like 14 or so. Wow. Um, but at the time, it was like manageable. And then like about like two, two and a half years ago now, it got so much worse and worse and worse. And I came to a point where I was like, OK, I'm going to need to see a doctor for this and I actually get like proper testing done, you know, and find out what is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's mostly that, but it, it's um, it's a neurological disease that has that affects like multiple parts of the body. Mm. Um so I also have like um vomiting spells and it's it's all oh. but but also it's because it's so many symptoms and they're also they differ so much I think it's also like hard for doctors to find out like okay you know what, what is even going on because it's also even though like I I read an article I think it was yesterday, that like uh, 0.2% to 1% of the young women actually have POTS. So that's quite a lot. It's very unknown. And I remember my GP telling me, like, I've never even heard of this disease. Uh, Although it's a lot more common than, well, for example, MS I've read. So,
0: yeah. 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 And that's amazing that you were able to get it diagnosed because in doing research, I found that a lot of people don't get diagnosed with this because like you're yeah. saying, doctors don't know what it is. And like, if your blood work looks okay, or like they, you pass like a certain amount of tests, they're like, you're fine. Like just drink more mm-hmm. water, you know? <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Help, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I actually read like the average time to get like a proper diagnosis is about eight years. So Wow. Yeah. So it's it's quite a long time.
0: Yeah. And what other symptoms besides so you're saying it's debilitating fatigue and besides when you're standing up, do you feel it like when you're being just active in a daily situation? Like what are the other symptoms from just standing up?
1: It's it's like when i stand up uh, i do have like compression stockings now and i have to watch my salt intake which helps but i i just feel like i'm gonna pass out and i like i feel that i need to lay down and it, it was worse when i was uh before i was on medication it was like way worse mm. but still like um i think i'm able to stand up for like five minutes now and that actually it sounds like not much but Uh, in December before I was like being properly treated for it, it was hard to even lift my head up to eat, you know? So yeah. Uh, and I get like heart palpitations of course, because the high, uh, the high increase in heart rate, Mm. um, I have like, um, very sharp headaches when I sit or stand up for like longer than 30 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. And yet, like nausea, vomiting, spells. And oh my um, I think that when people hear about pods, they don't realize how much it actually affects like your quality of life, you know? Um, yeah, so that that's also when I read about your podcast, I was like, we have to get someone on there that has POTS because it's so important to get the information
0: out yeah Yeah, I absolutely Mm -hmm. agree because I POTS was actually one of the chronic illnesses that I found out about through social media like I had never heard of it before and then I have had chronic lymphoma for eight years now so I've had I see yeah now like when I do stand up I have had these like moments so I'm thinking like maybe I should go get this checked out and like try to see what that's like because I had never heard about it and I just thought like like they say like yeah you stood up too fast and I'm like yeah but it feels a bit different than like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just standing up too fast like I don't yeah. know like really I s- scary
1: <laughs> I- I'd say definitely get it checked out because it's often when you have pods there's like an underlying cause And I'm sorry, I forgot how to pronounce the name of your illness, but...
0: Oh, lymphoma.
1: Lymphoma, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it's like correlated, but a lot of other chronic illnesses are. So I'd say definitely get it checked out because,
0: yeah, there's
1: treatment for it, right? So
0: when you were experiencing symptoms, did you realize that it started to get worse at a certain point? You said within two years, you said like, this is the time to really get it checked out. And what was it like, was it that at that two year point you weren't able to get up out of bed or is that what you were seeing?
1: Uh, At first, no, it just started with like, um, I had like a viral infection Mm. and I had very severe like chronic fatigue and it got worse and worse and worse. And I was like, this isn't right. And um, it got so bad that I actually was like um, a social work student. And I was almost like graduating, and I just realized that I, I was trying to type on my computer and that I couldn't, you know. And I, I, I like I, my brain fog got so bad, but that was like when it first got started. Um, and then I realized, like, okay, you know, I have to get this checked out. And then I think I saw um, three doctors or so, um, and they didn't know what was going on, and uh, one of them actually like um kind of told me I was like a mental health patient but she didn't refer me to a psychologist which is Mm -hmm. classic you know um yeah but it took a while but um it progressively got like worse and at first they thought it was like ME and now they're not like really sure if I also have ME Mm. they do know I have like a mitochondrial defect but is that because of ME or because I have an autoimmune disorder, they would still have to figure that out. Um, but yeah, I think that, that was the point that I actually, um, yeah, I went to seek help for it, but it took very long to actually get like the proper diagnosis and yeah.
0: Yeah. And what kind of tests did they put you through when you got the diagnosis? Like what sort of uh, testing did they have for you?
1: Well, it was actually very difficult to get a diagnosis because the first doctor that tried to diagnose me with POTS because he he thought I might have had it. Um, they did like a tilt table test, but I fainted after like one minute, and you have to stand up for ten to get a wow. diagnosis. Oh so, my gosh! Oh. <laughs> so he was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, but I cannot give you the the diagnosis." Uh, which Is that was... not a
0: sign, like? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh so I, I can put like i you probably have pots but yeah and then i he did treat me as though if i was a pots patient but and then after a while because he also lived quite far away from me i found out like that i had a specialist that was actually quite close to where i live so i switched doctors um and he he actually diagnosed me based off my i have like a heart rate monitor that i uh, on, my pol- on my pulse on my pulse
0: Mm-hmm.
1: um that measures my pulse and he saw like the, the the graphs of it and he was like yeah you have pots it's we don't wow. have to get like the test done you know um uh, so wow. yeah
0: yeah that's so crazy and then since that diagnosis what was the course of action did you immediately go on treatment from there like how did you how are you now managing with pots
1: um well I have like um I meet up with my doctor or call him because of like the COVID pandemic of course Mm -hmm. um like once a month or so and we try something new but it's like uh, I've improved a bit because as I told you like in December I could barely lift up my head to eat and now I can sit up for like um five minutes no I can stand up for like five minutes or so and like sit up for like half an hour something like that so that's like a huge improvement um yeah but the doctor that I saw uh, I was so worse off that I was in hospital and I was laying down on like the hospital benches and I was so embarrassed but I was like I couldn't sit up and he was like after like two appointments he was like I'm gonna put you in hospital for a week and do like two Road testing on you and so we can actually find out what is like causing all this and we we kind of found like a direction there and we um every month we kind of like check what's like the the next option for either way it's going to be like medication or like a salt increase or stuff like that um mm-hmm. but we have to figure out what works of course and you can not do everything at once at once but um yeah he, he expects me to, like, um, improve a bit, but not, like, to a point that I'm actually, like, completely functional. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> how does that feel? Like, how does that make you feel, knowing that this is kind of just, like, what it's going to be like?
1: Mm, well, I'm, like, um, I think it. what really helps is that I studied social work and um I I actually specialize in like uh cognitive cognitive behavioral therapy oh, cool. so um that actually really helps to keep my mindset in the right place and I'm just thinking like every step that I take forward is like a step from where I was but but it's crazy because like if you really start thinking about it like three years ago I wouldn't say I was fine because I had like I had health issues but but it was like so manageable and I just had like a normal life you know Mm -hmm. um but I try like not to compare like my old life to like my new life because I feel like it it doesn't help and I just want to look forward and like see what options there are and work can help improve me and yeah that
0: actually helps yeah yeah I agree (laughs) and not trying to look back at the past or like measure up to people that are in your age range that you see because Mm -hmm. we've obviously gone through setbacks and like that's the hardest thing for me to like realize is that I have these setbacks. So it puts me at like a different starting line than other people, Yeah, but it's so hard. You know, we're so used to like just comparing with like the people in our class or like the people that are always around us. And then, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. we had to like double remind ourselves like we're at a different level and it's no fault of our own. Like we're still ambitious. We're still these people, but it's just, this is our present instead.
1: True, true. And I I think- as you live like longer with chronic illness you also improve in that sort of mindset like to not compare yourself to other people and remind yourself like just compare yourself to who you were yesterday as cliche as that sounds but it it helps definitely yeah
0: yeah I agree and just you know like you're saying from two years ago you've had such an improvement and even though to others it might not seem that way you know what you feel inside of yourself so you can know that like you feel different in a in a mm-hmm. better way
1: and I think it's also like um obviously I had like other plans with my life than becoming like a chronically ill person but okay. still I think you always have to have like the mindset that you have to look at what is possible and um the the things you wanted to to achieve, are they like achievable in maybe another way? For example, what I've done, uh, I've really missed like my social working because it's like such a big part of my personality to help other people. And I actually found like an app where you can uh, log in and you can actually, well, kind of like be a social worker because you can talk to people and help them out when they're like in a stressful situation or um, stuff like that. Um, well, my my uh, oc- occupational therapist, I, I I believe it's called in English mm-hmm. um, actually helped me a lot with that. Like just put on paper what you would want to do with your life if you were healthy and then like try to find a way to fit that within like the spoons that you have, sort of.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's great. And like just reworking it a little bit so it is manageable for yourself. What is the name of the app that you use?
1: Um, it's seven cups actually. Oh, cool. I'm not sure if you heard of it, but
0: I haven't, but I haven't, I have not heard a, a lot of apps, so I'll definitely check it out though. That sounds cool. Yeah. And you get to have like conversations with people that are going through tough times.
1: Yeah, basically. And I feel like, um, my social work, uh, background really helps with that, you know? And I feel like it's, um, I can just log in when I feel well enough to do it
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but also when I'm like completely sick I don't have any like responsibility that like a normal job would require you know so I think right. that that's also yeah
0: yeah it's on your own time mm-hmm. yeah that's great. so when you're feeling well you can do it that's awesome I really like that Thank do you, you ever feel like that people don't believe you when you tell them that you have this and what do you do to tell yourself that that's not true afterwards?
1: Mm, Let me think. I think at first, before I got my diagnosis and I had like all these weird, I'm putting like exclamation marks in the air, but like, like uh, people didn't really understand my symptoms and they were like, well, um, are you sure? And is it really that bad? And maybe you're like, um, especially doctors, actually, like, maybe you're just focusing on it too much, <laughs> stuff like that. I'm sure all of us with chronic illness had to go through that. Yeah. Um, but sorry, brain fog, what was your question again?
0: <laughs> oh, if people don't believe you and your symptoms, what do you huh? do afterwards to sort of like reassure yourself that what you're going through is valid and real.
1: Yeah. Well, I've experienced it a lot when I, before I had the diagnosis, now that I do have my diagnosis and also like the um, the diagnosis that are like, um, well, that they suspect I have. Um, I don't really find people questioning me anymore. And I also believe like the fact that I have like an electrical wheelchair now as bad as it sounds but that also helps people somehow to put in, into perspective because when it's like an invisible thing it's harder for people to grasp that it's really that bad mm. um but when now that it's visible and I have like the like an actual diagnosis and I have like doctors treating me I don't really find people questioning me that much anymore but before it was really hard and I didn't know how to cope with it and I cried about it a lot actually because how do you cope with being so ill and not not knowing what is going on? Mm. And then also like people questioning if it's really that bad,
0: you know? Right. <laughs> so yeah. It I'm does sort sure. of feel like a slap in the face. You're like, yeah. I, I know that I'm feeling like this. But yeah. sometimes, you know, I start to question, like, is this real? But when you have something so blatant like POTS for you, it's like there's mm-hmm. no denying that, like, what you're feeling is real. So I'm glad True. that you're able to do that.
1: Have you experienced that kind of thing before where people didn't believe you or you felt like you had to explain yourself?
0: Yeah, I mean... Because it, because I'm on a treatment now where, because cancer, usually you think like chemotherapy, no hair, you know, looking really sick. And I did go through that. And then once I got onto a different treatment where it's targeted to specific areas, so I don't, it doesn't like kill everything in my body. Um, Once I got on that, people assume that I'm in remission and I'm all better. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I feel better, but I still have cancer. So it's like a confusing yeah. part for people to understand and I get that. you know it's a it's a new uh-huh. treatment. Um, so not a lot of people are used to seeing cancer patients walking around looking fine. Um, but I do yeah. have like trouble breathing, trouble going upstairs, things like this. And so it is it's challenging uh-huh. for people to correlate like you're still sick, but you look okay, you know.
1: And also, the days that you go out are, like, your best days, usually, right?
0: Right, because, exactly. Because uh, when
1: you're, like, at your worst, you just, people don't see you, like. Right. So, I think that's also what makes living with, like, a disease or, like, a chronic illness hard, because um, I, th- I think, like, people can overestimate how well you are and it's also partly because you don't want to be like talking about it all the time obviously like when you're in a social situation you also want to be like a normal well 20 something or yeah you you just want you don't want to focus on it too much and then but also you don't want to like yeah it's it's also like partly well for me at least I find myself masking it sometimes because I just don't want to think about it and don't want to like Feel like I'm ill all the time because I already, it's already taking so much of my life that I don't want to focus on it more than it's absolutely necessary, sort of.
0: Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. When you go out and try to be social, like those are your moments of like almost freedom from it. Yeah. Trying to just like, this is my everyday. I don't want to think about it now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, true. Yeah, it's very relatable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. so, Joanna, after being diagnosed with POTS and some other chronic illnesses that you're still trying to work out, do you find that you can still be positive in your daily life?
1: I do, actually. I, I feel like um, I'm very happy with the life that I do have still. Um, I'm, it's just like, I'm not saying it's nothing, but like, it's just my body that's like malfunctioning, you know, and um like there's a lot of stuff that I, that still makes me very happy for example like I live together with my boyfriend and we've been together for three and a half years now I think oh,
0: congratulations. Um, thank awesome. you
1: yeah and also like the fact that he's been there for me through it all you know that's like so special because when I met him I was still like healthy mm. um so stuff like that and um like um, there, there is a lot of stuff that I cannot do anymore. For example, I was really into fitness and uh, I was a singer um, and that's like hard on me physically now. Mm. But there's also stuff that I can do, especially on like the better days. Um, and I think that kind of stuff that helps me stay like in a positive mindset and focus on the right things. And I, th- I feel like if your body is like malfunctioning, it's so important to keep your head like a, a, a good and clear space mm. uh, because that's all you have sometimes, you know, like your mindset and like that's where you live sometimes yeah. quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So.
0: Oh, that's great. I'm so happy to hear that you can still be positive. And I think that it's a challenge every day to wake up and feel that you can still do your thing and feel like yourself. But I think that you coming on and talking about this has been so helpful for other people and for me to just hear about, you know, what you go through and how you're managing and how you can still like take on the day and like really just like look at your other options. I think that that's a great point that you brought up and I just love that.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I actually really like the name of your podcast as well because it's, well, it it really reflects what I stand for in the the bigger picture of it all
0: yeah yeah I appreciate that that's awesome yeah Mm
1: -hmm. thank you
0: yeah of course well thank you again for jumping on and if you have anyone anything that you want to shout out really quick do you want to talk about any foundation or anything that you feel passionate about
1: um so I I actually wrote down like um a few stuff that really helped me with like dealing with POTS. Mm. Um, What I would advise for like other people that um, think they might be struggling with POTS or actually have a diagnosis of POTS, like what what helped me so much is like find yourself like a doctor that does like thorough testing like um, and really tries to find out what causes it and um, like a great occupation occupational therapist that helps you manage your energy levels and like not waste energy on like daily tasks more than necessary Mm. um what also helped me was like um and this helps a lot of um people with POTS, but we don't know why yet but like gluten-free diet
0: Mm. 100
1: percent um manage your sleep sleep for me the only thing that worked there was sleep medication but but it's so important and like salt and water mm. uh, stuff like that um I would really advise people to um well if if they're really struggling in, in a worse place than me with my bots I would really advise those things uh, because they really help
0: nice yeah that's, so, that's really helpful and I like the occupational therapy and usage of your spoons and where to mm-hmm. spend those. Cause that is challenging sometimes.
1: Yeah, no, no, definitely. And I think almost every energy limiting disease, uh, it's important to, to, to take a look at that at least. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: What do you think like the the main thing that you're
0: chronic illness thought you is it taught me to definitely focus on the present I yeah. I, I was always a planner for the future you know I was mm-hmm. always like even in middle school I was like I know what I want to go to school for blah 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 yeah like when you have a chronic illness and you have some treatments that like is undetermined what the future could hold Mm -hmm. it's like you can only plan so far ahead but really just being able to be present and be satisfied with that instead of looking forward to something and because it could just not end up happening
1: yeah (laughs) yeah definitely yeah
0: so just being present and having that as being your joy this has been been a learning process how about you yeah
1: I can, can I really like resonate with it um but also what it has learned me I remember the first time going into like a doctor's office and being so nervous and the doctor telling me like yeah you're fine you're you look so healthy and stuff like that and I was like I was thinking like well he's a doctor so he he must know right and so what it really has learned me is to really like stand up for myself as well and like not take no for an answer Mm -hmm. and um well that's especially when you live like with chronic illness that's like so important we that you can like advocate for yourself and be there for you um but also the presence thing is like spot on really
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and like advocation I think even even still i have trouble with sometimes because you know if you go to the doctor or you see the doctor on a day that you have like an upswing and you feel good sometimes i'm just like yeah you know i feel good whatever and then like yeah. two days later i'm like why didn't i tell them this you know
1: yeah it's very relatable but we try right
0: yeah, exactly. And <laughs> now with technology, I don't know about in the Netherlands, but here we are uh, able to like message through an app with our doctors. So, it's oh, really? in some in some hospitals, not all hospitals. But I have like if I have a question and I want to just jot it down, like sometimes the nursing staff can come back on the app and talk to you that way. Oh, um, that's nice. Not, yeah. l- not immediately, but. No. <laughs> yeah you no know, it's good for like in the middle of the night if you have something that you're like rolling around and not being able to sleep with Sometimes yeah
1: I can imagine yeah yeah that's nice. I don't think we have well I do my GP does have like some sort of like technology like that but my specialist not unfortunately he's always very busy and it's also because in the Netherlands even though like the prevalence of it there's only like I think for doctors that actually, properly treat pods which is insane wow,
0: yeah.
1: um so he's very busy um so it's very difficult to get a reach of him but his time is very precious and he does very good things so yeah. this is like also kind of like a shout out to him
0: <laughs> oh that's great i'm so yeah. glad that you were able to find a doctor to diagnose you properly that you like and respects yeah. you and your symptoms i'm so happy for that
1: yeah it's so important right
0: yeah absolutely well joanna thank you so much for jumping on i really appreciate your time and i hope that your management continues to improve your daily life
1: yeah thank you so much too and i hope that well i hope all the best for you too and it's fun to actually talk with you like in a real conversation instead of through like insta message (laughs) yeah
0: no i agree i love that And I'm always available if you want to jump on again, just feel free to reach out.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And that is it, my friends. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope that you learned a little bit more about POTS, a little bit more about Joanna, and please reach out to her or anyone If you have any sort of questions about the diagnosis, about how it was to try to find a doctor, or if you're feeling any of these symptoms, it is really cool that she is so open about talking about it, and I just loved her attitude towards being able to, you know, at least stand for about 10 minutes. I think that that's amazing for her condition, but honestly, it's not... The reality of many people. So it's amazing to hear her talk to us about it and have her share a little bit more with us about her life. Again, reach out to Joanna if you have any questions. Her links will be in the show notes below. And if you like this episode, you want to listen to more episodes, like and subscribe. We are all over the place. So that will always be linked in the show notes below as well. And keep it sick, friends. You know, keep being you and keep listening to your gut. And if, like I said, no one's listening to your boundaries, sometimes it's best to just cut them out of your lives. Thanks again, friends. And stay tuned for next week's episode of Still Positive.